Navigating Solo is the official singles adult ministry podcast of the United Pentecostal Church International. Navigating Solo is dedicated to encouraging single adults in every stage of life by using biblical principles to navigate discussion on various topics. Here's your host, Dr. Lorraine Orozco. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Navigating Solo. It is my honor to have our guest today, brother and sister Carter, who are joining with me today in Texas. And I am so glad to have them sharing their testimony and so many things about them that maybe you all do not know about their life. Brother and sister Carter, welcome to Navigating Solo. Thank you. Thank you. Glad, glad to, to be, be here. here. Well, I wanted to start off with just having you guys introduce yourselves to our audience, just talk about where you guys are from, your family, and some of the ministry things that you guys have done. So let's start off with you, Brother Carter. Why don't you start off telling us where you are from and just kind of a little bit about your background and your family? Yes, well, I presently live in Lufkin, Texas, but I was raised in uh, Pekin, Illinois, um, I had my home there for 17 years, uh, my mom, dad, and an older sister, younger brother. And when I was 17 years old, I joined the United States Navy and was able to be stationed in Yokosuka, Japan for mm -hmm. several years. And so that was my opportunity to get out and see the world beyond the shores of uh, the United States. And so um, it was actually while being in the United States Navy that God spoke to my heart and uh, mm -hmm. That's what led me to uh, the salvation experience that I've enjoyed today. Wow, that's that's incredible. So the military is what brought you to the Lord. Yes, yes. In fact, um, when I left Illinois, I was uh, 17 years old when I joined the Navy. And uh, while on board a ship, uh, while I did not know the Lord and was not part of the Pentecostal experience, God spoke seven words to me, and those seven words changed my life. He said, I will make a covenant with you. I didn't know what the word covenant meant, so I got out a pocket-sized dictionary and looked it up, and, and it said an agreement, mm -hmm. a promise. And it was actually at that time, for the first time, that I actually felt validated and like there was a future. And uh, it's been a wonderful experience. In fact, 45 years ago, last Sunday, uh, wow. I've been in the church and the Lord has been so good to me. Wow, that is incredible. 45 years. Awesome. Yes, ma'am. It's amazing. And Sister Carter, why don't you tell us where you are from? So I am I am a real Texan. <laughs> <laughs> he got he got here as quick as he could. No. Um I'm originally from Cleveland, Texas. That's where I grew up. My family. Um lived in the same house all my life growing up and loved being a part of that community. And so um, I'll share a little bit more about my life a little bit later, but um, I have a twin brother. A lot of people don't know that um, in the singles world, they don't, but, um, and so my brother and I were adopted at birth and a Pentecostal family in the town of Cleveland adopted us. And so I'm so grateful for that. And um, so that's where I'm from, Cleveland, Texas. And of course, now I'm in Lufkin. 
That's incredible. That's so cool to know you have a twin brother. So for those of you who did not know, that's an, a wonderful story. And we'll get into yeah. that later. But let's yeah. go ahead and talk about you both have been in ministry several or many, many years, different journeys that you guys have taken each individually before you guys got married. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. I know it's been a journey of being in ministry, being at TBC, um, Sister Carter, you being the Texas a singles director. But Brother Carter, let's start with you were left off where you were in the military and where God spoke to you. So and tell our audience where that kind of journey went for you as far as ministry goes. Some think I went to Texas Bible College. but Yeah, that's what I would have thought too. Okay. The truth is uh, my pastor was, he attended ABI, his son attended ABI and several others. And I went to JCM. And being a new convert, I didn't know there was any other Bible school besides ABI. So <laughs> so what happened from that time of, of getting my degree at ABI I then came to California where I served for eight years as a principal of a school and assistant pastor at Imperial Beach. Mm -hmm. And then from 1990 to 2004, I was pastor in Gainesville, Texas. I like to tell people I was voted in unanimously, six to zero. And (laughs) in the four years, the church had become full time and we were blessed to be there those 14 years. But after the death of my first wife in 2001, Um, In 2004, there was an open position at Texas Bible College, Mm -hmm. and I was then able to serve there Mm -hmm. for the next 18 years. And of course, I can tell you about that. But that's uh, along with that, I was honored to be asked to serve in our district as global missions director. And I was the global mission director of the Texas district for 18 years. And uh, that, of course, was when Texas was all one district and uh, Mm -hmm. 430 churches in 13 sections all across our state. So uh, that was a privilege to serve and work with missionaries and work with the churches to to help missions. And as I said, pastor during that time. So there's a lot of ministry involvement. And I don't know, uh, as far as Texas Bible College, Mm -hmm. when I went there, I was uh, dean of students for three years. I was dean of Christian education for three years. I was dean of missions for five years. I was vice president for a year. And then I was asked to serve as president of Texas Bible College for 16 years. For six years. Excuse me, for six years of the the, um, 17 years that I was there. Well, that's incredible. That is a... Every capacity at TBC, it sounds like, and that's something that except I except the music, know. except the no, I'm kidding. Music <laughs> director, that was no like, music. Music director, right. but that's one thing that I didn't know about you, Brother Carter, is that you went to ABI. So that is pretty cool. Went from ABI and then to TBC, and and Sister Carter, I know there's a a long list of ministry things that you've done as well. But I just want to say, I know you went to JCM, so completely opposite opposite Mm -hmm. kind of thing. And then both at TBC, I think that's pretty cool. But you guys have very well rounded, very well rounded. But where was does your ministry kind of leave off? Because you were talked about and we'll get into more you got you were raised in church and you and your brother were adopted and you fulfilled many different roles, music and different ministries. So kind of tell us where that led you into ministry from uh, from your life. Well, um, I had a heart, my husband kind of shared when he came to the Lord, you know, God making him a promise 
And then that just being such a pivotal point in his life of changing and committing his life to the Lord enough that he went to Bible college. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I grew up in church, so a little bit different journey, but I had a heart from when I was young to live for God. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, just something placed in my heart that I just desired that so much. And so um, my dad pastored for a little bit when I was young and a country church, which was fun. Um, and then later when I was 13, um, a pastor came to the town nearest us and became the pastor, which we knew their children. Anyway, my father let my brother and I go to the church up there so we could be a part of a youth group mm-hmm. and going to Christian life center in Cleveland really impacted my life. But one of the things that happened, I knew how to play a couple of songs on the piano, mm-hmm. um, just my dad made me take some lessons when I was like seven. Um, I'd rather been outside playing, but he, he made me take those lessons. I could play maybe a couple of songs, but definitely not, you know, um, skilled enough to play for the 250 member church that the church was, you know, at that time. Uh, however, something happened that changed my life during a service one night. And, um, my pastor was talking about that the musicians, you know, needed to get really faithful and all of that. Tongues interpretation came out. Um, I was 13 years old or between 13 and 14 years old and tongues interpretation came one night and the Lord said, if somebody would commit their self, in other words, to be in faithful every service that he would anoint them and he would show them how. And, um, I was standing there. I'm a sh- I was a shy girl growing up. Nobody believes that now, but I was. See, he's laughing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I remember standing there with my friends and just saying, oh, I, I wonder which piano player, you know, is going to be, you know, is going to go up there and say, okay, okay. You know, <clears throat> it's me and nobody went. And all of a sudden I felt all these fingers in my back poking me in the back. I turned it was my mom, my dad, and our pastor's wife. And they were just like pointing their finger <laughs> to the piano and I was petrified and I'm just like me. And they're just like, you know, so it wasn't a spiritual decision. I just like better do this. I'm going to get in trouble when I get home. (laughs) So I walked up there shaking, you know, and sat down at this big grand piano, just shaking. And my pastor said, okay, this must be the will of God. So he took my hand and, and he was very um, anointed led of God pastor. And he just prayed over my hands and I, I'm going to tell you that I really, I would gather things when people came through our church, but I really don't remember learning how to play. Um, but I started playing for church and then he wanted me to learn the organ. And so, um, in fact, Sister Size's sister-in-law, Sister Debbie Size's sister-in-law, Sister Gayla Foster is one of the very first ones that helped me know what the buttons were <laughs> so I could even figure out where to start. But that was all a God thing. And so that's a piece of my life I've played for church since I was 13 all the way up um, until the first year we married <clears throat> 12 years ago. And um, so I've, I've, I've led choirs. I led the choir at Eastview. I led a youth choir in Louisiana. Um, I've just done music and done all that my whole life, my whole adult life, you know, up until after the first year we married. And then we were too busy doing missions and stuff. And I waited so long for him because <laughs> I was doing coordinate music at Eastview there in Lufkin. But I waited so long for him and his schedule was completely booked on mission services. I was not about to let this man go by himself <laughs> without me. So the Lord, it was hard for me. I remember crying because that's all I'd done was, you know, be a part of the music during a service. 
And so to try to figure out what to do with myself during that service, you know, it was interesting for me. But um, it's been a wonderful journey. And now I still do music as we travel out and evangelize. Um, I sang this morning. And so I still enjoy doing that. But um, so that's a big piece of my life. Then I worked with our youth group for a while, was a youth leader at home. Um, I led a new conference class for a while when I was in Bossier City, Louisiana. And then, um, of course, a, along this way, not marrying till I was 45 years old, never dreaming it would go that way was not in my five-year plan. <laughs> um, you know, even though I wrote the list and everything they tell you to do, none of that came about mm-hmm. <laughs> within the time period, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but along the way, it's like the Lord just prompted me, just, you know, we're on this journey of life in this lane. And the Lord said, why don't you just look in the lane next to you? Mm-hmm. And just got this love in my heart to reach out to people in the lane next to me. And thankfully, my home church in Cleveland, my pastor, Bishop Nelson Nealon, believed in singles ministry. And so I had a healthy perspective of the ministry. And I just got involved in it. And I just, they asked me to lead a home group in Bossier City. My pastor did. They started home groups, you know, when those were really popular. And he said, I want all the singles to meet at your house. I was still a little shy at that point, but I agreed to it. And so they started meeting at my house every week and I started leading that group. And I, I never dreamed that from that would just grow this thing, you know, this love, this um, passion to just see the work of God, you know, for single adults just grow and their lives be changed. And so it grew from there, led the ministry there. Um, and then I moved back home to Texas to help my pastor in the last few years of his pastorship there at home. And I thought I'd left singles ministry behind. So I was was grieving over that a little bit, but the Lord knows what he's doing. And I went back home and I was there just a couple of months trying to help get some things going back at the church. And my pastor came to me and said, "Um, would you take the singles ministry here? And I'm like, okay, here it is. And so, you know, started working with that group of people. And when I moved back home, I think there was maybe six and um, by the time I moved to Lefkin, I think we had about 60 um, wow. singles in the church. Um, in Louisiana, I had probably about 40 of all ages in our group. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my life I moved to Lefkin. And um, again, you know, but by the thinking I'd left it all behind as far as the local church goes. But we started singles ministry at Eastview. Thank you, Brother Hunt. Pastor mm-hmm. Hunt for letting us do that and your support. Um, but by that time, they'd also asked me to be the Texas district director for singles ministry. So I've done them for 18 years. Wow. Um, I love them. They're our family. The singles family is our family. Um, but, you know, I want to say that not marrying till you're 45, it brings its own things. You know, a lot of people think about people who have gone through divorce or, you know, their spouse has passed away like my husband. And I love hearing about his journey. You know, it's just a different walk. It's a, a different lane. But not marrying until you're 45 brings about its own set of emotions and feelings and situations. And so I know there was a time in my life where I wondered, you know, even though I had strong faith in God, Mm -hmm. but there was a point where I'm I'm like, okay, we're far enough in now. Does he remember I even exist? Mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, not so sure anymore. And I'm human. I had that time and I'm so grateful to God for the people that reached out to me. And stood by me during that time to remind me that, you know, he knows. And once God promises, Brother Carter, that promise, right. he keeps those promises. 
And we may not see it right away. And we have to know that all God has his own individual journey for each one of us. And I've learned to appreciate the beauty in that. And so now I'm like, you know, my, my journey has not been like everyone else's, but it's birthed ministry in my life and brought me the most amazing people in my life. And even with all of this stuff, not being able to have a child because I'm married later, just so many things that came with that. Right. I mean, the will of God is not always perfect, right. and but it brings a, a, a unique beauty that I don't know. Um, if I would, would have wanted to experience it any other way. And I thank God for the pain in the journey, you know, that brings about the the beauty in the journey. Mm-hmm. I hope that's what you're asking. I'm just trying yes. to share. Well, that is such a beautiful testimony, Sister Carter. I just thinking all the things that you were saying, just being like 13 years old and being available to the Lord and just be willing to do and be faithful and do whatever God has called you to do. And, and now you serving alongside your husband traveling on the weekends and doing ministry in so many different capacities. And then also now you are serving as the national secretary along with sister Debbie size. And so you work with that. And then all of the amazing um, the events that singles ministry puts on. So you are the lady that is behind all of the coordinating and working with sister size on that team. So uh, what, I what feel, a- uh, sister Lorena, I feel very honored just to be able to have the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And yes, I, I appreciate working with Sister Size um, in our in our team and just the opportunity and the, the privilege to be able to try to make a difference. You know, that's what means a lot to me. And um, I, I want to share something personal too. I was thinking about, it, I, I wondered even before I married, like I would just give many hours, right? To just doing things for singles. I love it. I love doing things for singles. You know, if we walked in somewhere and someone was alone, I wanted to go make sure they weren't alone. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times people didn't even know, but I wouldn't even have the money to eat. Okay. Seriously. I just went through some tough times, but if I had it and I saw somebody else didn't have it, I was going to, I was going to give what I had to them. You know, like I, I had to come to this point of self-discovery. I'm like, why, where is this coming from? Mm-hmm. You know, why do I want to just give all my energy and time and like, where is this coming from? And one day I thought about the fact that God made sure that, you know, when he made sure that I was adopted, he made sure that I was included in the family of God. Mm. I mean, um, you know, scripture says he knew us in our mother's womb and we can forget that sometimes in this journey of life of wanting things to go like one, two, three and be accepted. And, you know, look what's happened in my life. And, um, but the Lord knew from the very beginning, his plan for us. And I'm like, I, I think because I'm so grateful for what he's done in my life. Like, I just, I have this urge to just help, you know, do that for some reach to someone else. And I think a lot of that drive and urge comes from what I've walked in my life, including the adoption. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we don't realize that God is ordering our steps and even through the pain. Yes. Like I know that, um, and I'm sure that some would want to know about my journey is yes. through the loss of my first wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went on a trip to Cameroon, Africa with another 12 ministers, and we went over to evangelize and teach. And so in March of 2001, my wife Lydia and I had to make a decision about both of us going and leaving mm-hmm. our, our 15-year-old daughter behind 
we thought, well, if something happened to both of us, she would be without parents. And so the decision was made that Lydia would stay home. So mm -hmm. then while over there, thanks be to God, we saw 120 people receive the gift of the Holy Ghost through evangelism. We were able to strengthen the churches while there. And then coming back, we stopped at Paris, France. And uh, it's interesting because at 7.37 in the evening, which is seven hours later than Texas time, mm -hmm. uh, Lydia and Alyssa were in a vehicle traveling from Burnett, Texas on Highway 29 to go to Houston to pick me up at the airport the next day. Mm -hmm. And there was a vehicle coming 29 west of three young men who were under the influence of drugs who had robbed a business that day and were in a stolen vehicle. And they fell, the driver fell asleep at the wheel. And when he did, he, he went off the side of the curb to the right and he overcorrected into the lane where Lydia and Alyssa were traveling and immediately crashed into the car in the driver's side. And mm -hmm. Lydia was instantly killed. And Alyssa had five cracked ribs and a punctured lung, 15 years old, care flighted to uh, the airport at Brackenridge in Austin, Texas. I had no idea. Amazingly, I was in a, a shop in Paris buying her, Lydia, a purse at the very time that that accident. I looked at mm -hmm. the receipt later. It was at the exact same time. <laughs> so she was on my mind. And as mm -hmm. soon as we traveled back to Texas, I found that there were ministers waiting at the airport, Brother Kilgore, Brother Russo, who were district superintendent, secretary, many other ministers, to give me the news of Lydia's death and Alyssa being in the hospital at, at Brackenridge. So I drove, of course, to the hospital and, and suddenly now I've entered into the world of singleness. Mm -hmm. I'm a widower, I'm grieving, I have loss, I can't figure it out why. I have a funeral and <laughs> now I'm gonna raise a daughter without a mother. Mm -hmm. All of this is going inside of me. And you know, it's like all you can do is ride through the storm at the time and mm -hmm. keep your faith and your trust in God. And that's what I did. And uh, you know, that first year of grief is is truly the time that every holiday and every birthday and every the Christmas and the seasons of life. You just are sorrowful and have to kind of work mm -hmm. through it. I would, I, I do know that that any decisions that I would ever make for the future would involve my daughter, though. Mm -hmm. because I, I realize that life goes on, and there are people that are still depending on you. Right. I'm pastoring a church. I'm a global missions director. I'm a father. I have a daughter in school. Mm -hmm. I have a Bible quiz team. I mean, you could just name a myriad of things, and yet. My heart is breaking on the inside and you're wondering why. He mm -hmm. says in Jeremiah 29, 11, NIV version, mm -hmm. I know the plans I have for you, mm -hmm. declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And I realized then, even through the pain, that God had a plan mm -hmm. and that it would all work out. And so I lived by that and made decisions knowing mm -hmm. that God was going to order my steps. And couple years later, Texas Bible College, and, and here we are today. Mm -hmm. And married to this beautiful lady. <laughs> beautiful <laughs> lady. Yes. Beautiful lady. I was thinking while you were talking, Brother Carter, <laughs> that the scripture that you started with it in the beginning was talking about, I'll make a covenant with you, that he's okay. a covenant-keeping God, and that yes. he keeps his promises. And so for both of you that have walked through your own singleness, being married for the first time at age 45, and having 
the loss of your wife with a 15-year-old daughter and how God made this beautiful story. I was thinking also, you're talking about beauty for ashes. You were talking about it's not the what we think it is, but beauty for ashes. And he gives us that. And I, I'm so thankful. And you have both shared some of your amazing, I mean, testimonies that have are so encouraging. And Sister Carter, you just shared your heart with. As a person myself, you know, understanding at my age and many of those that are listening, um, wondering if, are you, what's going to happen, God? What are you going to do? How is this all going to play out? But knowing that he's a, he's a covenant keeping God. So I just wanted to kind of leave off where you guys were talking about what you would like to say to singles or anyone that has gone through the sudden death of a spouse, Brother Carter, and that has waited to be married for the first time, what are some of the encouraging things that you'd like to tell our listeners who are tuning in today? Well, I would say that when when tragedy strikes or either through death or divorce, that you have to recognize that life goes on mm -hmm. and that there's still many people that are looking to you and I knew that while my wife was gone, I still had a daughter and she was grieving. I still had a church and they were going through a loss as well. I still had responsibilities to people when it comes mm -hmm. to missionaries traveling through our district that are expecting services. I couldn't just hey, keep the phone hung up. I couldn't just you know not Disappear. send out schedules and not be a part mm -hmm. of that. Mm -hmm. And so I would say that you need to keep yourself actively involved. And mm -hmm. also to realize for me, the devil will never be able to tell me that people don't care because I found a entire family of God that, that rallied around me and supported me and gave me encouragement to know that I wasn't alone. Mm -hmm. In fact, singles ministry became a part of that. I would mm -hmm. also say about singles ministry that I'll be honest, I think that when I first became a part of singles ministry, I was probably looking at it from the standpoint, <clears throat> I've had loss. Now I need to find someone that gives me reason for that loss. But the reality is that's not how it worked. The reality is that God had a journey that I would, that I would follow, but in his own time, he makes all things beautiful. So I learned that I could be ready, but if my daughter's not ready, I'm not moving forward because I'm not gonna sacrifice her for my own satisfactions or my own needs. So what happened when it was the right time, she was accepting of it as well. So today we have an incredible relationship. She loves Cheryl. We are thankful for our family. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would just say that just be patient, knowing that God is going to help you through the journey. And uh, yes. he does have a plan. And we just have to trust mm -hmm. him to fulfill it. And, and you guys met through Singles Ministry. That's how you guys ended up. At a singles conference. At a singles conference. I mean, so what, yes. how how cool is that, Sister Carter? So, yes. Yeah, it's it's so awesome. It, it is. It's amazing. Perfect for me. <laughs> so tell us, Sister Carter, what are the things that you want to say to singles encouraging other than, hey, I found my husband and we... <laughs> You know, God had the perfect match and the perfect timing and it all worked out. But what would you like to say to singles right now who are going through this season in their life that need to just feel a little bit of like, God, he still remembers. He still remembers. Well, the first thing I want to say is I understand mm -hmm. and I see you. And just because I'm here married for 12 years now, I remember 
I remember the many nights alone in my little living room, my face on the carpet, um, crying my heart out. Mm -hmm. I remember the many times, you know, off in the corner at church, um, again, just asking God, you know, do you know where I am? Mm -hmm. I remember the many times just feeling down. But then also the uh, the times that every moment when I felt like that, that God, he took me through it and he walked me through it. Sometimes it took a few days, sometimes a couple of months. But every time I came out on the other side, thankful to people who prayed for me and you know who you are. And I thank you to this day. I would not be here without your prayers. I thank God also because he knew me and my mother's when we had a plan. It's the same with every one of you. That God has a plan, and I feel him really strongly today. Um, you know, and it, that plan is not based on our emotion of the moment because we are human beings and we are gonna feel, especially as women, we're gonna feel that when we see I was a bridesmaid or sang in like 19 weddings. I mean, if that's not enough torture, no, not torture, you know what I mean? <laughs> Touch the bouquet. How many times did I? catch the bouquet then every one of them i because i loved all my friends so much and everyone i'm like god i am truly happy for them i truly am and i really was and i tried so hard you know within myself to just have a truly thankful heart you know Mm -hmm. but um and i really did try to live my life that way and so that would be my thing is to say you've got to pick yourself up you've got to get up god cannot steer or we can't steer a parked car is, is something i've heard before and when I think of that, if we're just over on the side waiting for this invisible thing, uh, or even if you want to label it marriage, it's going to happen in the future. And you're just waiting over here. Well, I would have never met. I mean, I may have never met him if I had not gotten involved in doing the work of God, meeting friends, because I met him in a singles conference. So when we get busy saying, God, what do you have for me? Just exploring that God is great enough and sovereign enough. That trust me, he can get that person through your path if should there be someone he has designed for you. And I want to be, I'm going to share something honest, just transparent with you. That night, by the way, I knew he was going to ask me to marry him. <laughs> I just, the night, I just like, he's going to ask me tomorrow. Anyway, I remember sitting on my bed the night before. And some of you may not believe this, but I was sitting there. I was like, God, are you sure? Is this, you really want me to get married? No, what is switching my prayer from years ago of like, I feel left out, you know, all of this and where is he? So are you sure this is what you want me to do? Because I was so ingrained and so busy doing singles ministry and doing the work of God. Then I'm like, I only want to marry. If it's going to line up, if I can still be so, you know, fulfilled working for you, God, that's the only way I want to marry. And so, if I could encourage everybody, it is worth the wait. It is worth waiting for that person. Oh, my word, I feel the Lord. Who is going to be that 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 team with you, that person who accepts you for who you are and who believes, you know, it's not just enough. I'm going to speak from a woman's point of view. It's not enough for us to believe in what God has called them to do. But right. God's called us as well. And you want that person who's going to walk side by side you know be that there's no greater joy i'm telling you there's no greater joy than to have someone my husband believes in this ministry he believes in me he believes in the calling in my life and he also accepts me 
my journey's not been perfect. Okay. But he accepts my journey. And by the way, I was adopted. I found out when I was 19 years old that we had five other siblings. We met our birth parents. Mm-hmm. Um, we've met other siblings. 2017, a sibling we found on ancestor.com. 2018, another sibling on ancestor.com. And 2019, another one, three years in a row. We're up to 11 of us, 10 of yeah. us from the same father, from six different women. And here I am, <laughs> you know, my husband still doesn't even know who all he's kin to. <laughs> and we live in Lufkin. And after I moved there, I found out, you want to hear God, listen to God. I found out that my birth mother's from Lufkin. Wow. And I'm kin to half that county, including some of the pastors and their wives. So I'm just telling you that God knows. And it's those moments when we don't know as our emotions, we can't see it. We can't feel it. But God is faithful to mm-hmm. his promise. He is not a liar. He keeps his promise. And oh my word. And and getting to this, God's more about the journey anyway. And so what is he going to accomplish in our life on the way there? And if we hide in a corner and we don't see, sometimes I hear singles all the time. They'll say, but Sister Carter, I don't want to go to something because I don't need that. I don't need singles. Or I don't need this. But who needs you? Right. Who's waiting on you today? Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe you're at a great place, single adult. Maybe you're at a wonderful place right now. But what if there's someone out there needing that word that you would have, if you're not there at that moment, you won't be able to give it. So take a new perspective. Ask God, you know, who can I be a blessing to and get out of the box and see what God is going to do in your life. He's going to surprise you and he's going to bless you greatly more than you would ever dream if you would take that chance. And uh, I just think it's an amazing thing. I would also advise, you know, even though it may be scary, please go to singles events. Go to everyone that you can make friends. It it changed my life. Um, that was my family. They became, I have a great family, but they became my family still are to this day. In fact, a tech North Texas just had a singles conference this weekend and went great. Their first one. We're so happy about that. And I'm really proud of the leadership there. I love them so much. And in February, we will have our 17th Texas singles conference yeah. in Lufkin, Texas. We'd love to have you. TexasSinglesConference.com. Um, there's many events across our nation. Our national summit is next year, first mm-hmm. week in November in Dallas. Um, come to these things, see what will happen in your life, and God will God will minister to you, and He will allow you to minister to others. And it's exciting. God is doing something in the United Pentecostal Church in single adult ministry. You want to be a part of that, yeah. and so I'm grateful that God brought this man to my life that I trust so much. I watched his walk. He didn't get bitter after his wife passed away. I can trust my life to this man. <laughs> I think of Rebecca and Isaac, that's what's going through my mind too, of thinking busy doing the work of God. Right. And then God, absolutely. <laughs> you said that, Brother Carter, too. Just doing what God called you to do. Just yeah. being busy, just drawing the out of the well and doing all the things. And then God just does what he only can do and i just wanted to say i recently i got to see you both minister in at missouri district conference and you guys incredible team it was the first time that i had ever been to my own singles conference and that was my first time and you both were there and such a powerful conference just a prophetic word in my own life and I know I talked about that in um, the podcast that we did a couple episodes ago uh, but wow how that impacted me but seeing as you guys complemented each other and fit well together and love 
singles ministry and just God, just absolutely God thing. And I, as we're closing, I just wanted to make this remark just because it stood out to me. And one of the things that I got at Missouri District Conference and something that you said, Brother Carter, we did a panel discussion and there was a question that was asked and uh, asked about how do you know it's the will of God for you to marry that person? And that was one of those lightning moments for me. And there was other people at the singles conference that also kind of said, you know what? I took that. That was so powerful. So I, one of the things that you mentioned, and I know you had uh said that this was mentioned by somebody else for the Carter, but you mentioned Luke, Luke 252, Luke 252. So I wanted you to share that with us and our closing remarks, because I know that that is something that will get the wheels turning in some of our singles of this is how you know that this makes sense, that this could possibly be the will of God for my life. So I'm going to let you share that as we're closing. Well, it says of Jesus in Luke 2.52 that he increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. Mm -hmm. And after Lydia passed away, Brother Robert Trapani was comforting Mm -hmm. me. And he said, you probably wonder, how do I move forward or who do I move forward with? He Mm -hmm. said, Luke 2.52, he said, when Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man, That's how you look for a spouse. First of all, you increase in wisdom, which means that both you and the person that you're in touch with are intellectually at a place that you enjoy talking and enjoy each other's conversation and are at pretty close to the same intellectual plane. And stature has to do with uh, appearance. You find the person attractive. Thankfully, I find my wife attractive and usually she doesn't wear her glasses, so I do okay. But um, then favor with God means that we're of the same faith. You know, if you're of a different faith, then obviously you're going to have problems, you know, yoking together and enjoying together on the training of children and in your own life's interest. And then socially is the last one. And that's favor with man. That means that you enjoy one another's company and you enjoy the company of of people that you bond and have friendships with. That's why we're both involved in singles ministry. Mm -hmm. We're involved in school. We're involved in Bible quizzing. We're involved in a lot of different things that we enjoy doing together. So if you can put those four things together when you're looking for somebody, then then that's going to be a very successful marriage, as Brother Trapani shared with me. Could I add one more thing too, Sister Lorraine? And that is that as a woman, um, as a single woman, um, part of that that is so critical is that you learn to the value of who you are as a person. And when you reflect the image of God and how God values you, then you won't accept some things that are not good for you. And that includes some people. And so you have to have that inward strength and realization of who you are in God, how valuable you really are. And then, and then you will accept and not accept, you know, more the right things in your life, you know, accept it again and not accept the wrong things in your life. And it will help you in those decisions. So it's really important that you do come to that sense of peace and, and just owning who you are in God. I wanted to say that. Absolutely. Well, I have absolutely enjoyed my time with Brother and Sister Carter. You guys have ministered to me, and I know that everybody listening to this episode is going to get some golden nuggets out of this as well. And so thank you so much for being our guest on Navigating Solo. 
You guys are wonderful. I love you both so much. Dr. Lorraine. Dr. Lorraine. <laughs> yes. Love you. so much. Well, to all of our listeners, God bless you all. And until our next episode. Join us next week for another great interview on Navigating Solo.